we won a national championship for for Ole Miss and um, all the past players and all the fans across the country and for the state of Mississippi and the University of Mississippi, uh, we did it. And, uh, we're national champs. Breaking ball. Tommy White. First pitch swinging. In the air to center. D'Onofrio back and it's gone! The legend continues! Got him swinging! The Campbell Campbells, the dynasty of the Big South. And now Tony Vitello bumps the third base umpire. Set. He'll throw that as a line drive in the gap. Did he do it again? It is another ball in the gap for Morrell. Another extra. Oh, that is gone. A home run for Brian Morrell. Swing and a ball driven. Way back. And foul. No, gone. He did it. Ortiz kept it just there and walks it off with a grand slam. All righty, what is up, college baseball fans? Welcome to another episode of the 11.7 podcast, where we are here to preview weekend number 12 of the college baseball season. Before we do all of that, we are going to talk about the 16 national, I'm sorry, wow, the 16 regional hosts that we think are in good position right now projecting those out we'll also talk about some bubble teams uh, for not only the at large but also for bubble teams looking to host a regional so we're going to do that here first and then towards the middle of the show we're going to talk about teams tournament chances we have a few picked out that we want to just kind of break down the remaining schedule what they need to do and uh, what they need to do in their conference tournament as well and then we'll we'll end up with our weekend series pick and challenge, the six series that we picked. Um, we'll talk about those series, make our own picks, and uh, it's going to be a good show. A little bit shorter than usual, but this episode is sponsored by our two sponsors that have been here all year for us. Yacker Tech, who is sponsoring our mid-major power rankings, and uh, we also have some fun summer plans with them this year. And, uh, it, and then also Circa, Las Vegas who is sponsoring our weekend series Pick'em Challenge that we're running. You okay? Was that a sneeze or a cough? Oh, fantastic. Great way to introduce myself with a cough. Yeah. Um, Woo! But yeah, Circa, Circa's been with us all year. We have a, uh, a really fun summer plans. Well, not even summer plans, but just College World Series plans with them. We are, it's going to be us and the winner of the weekend series Pick'em Challenge and the Survivor Challenge. Uh, we'll be meeting up there at the rooftop sportsbook three night stay at the Circa Las Vegas, where we're going to be gambling on the first week of the College World Series. So if you guys are interested in having like a college baseball party up on the rooftop, Circa, I, I got off a call with them two days ago, and they're really excited to have us. We're going to have maybe a live show 
and interviews with you know other college baseball fans and people that that book their trip there. So if you're looking to book a trip, let us know. Um, they they have a discount code for all of the 11.7 fans, and um, it'll be the weekend of. Let me pull it back up. Let me just double check. It'll be June 16th through the 19th. So Friday, June 16th through Monday, June 19th. We'll be partying it up in Las Vegas. So um, with all of that said, Dimitri, we are almost done with the regular season. And you know what that means. It means the real chaos is about to uh, the unfold. The... The, the fun and the, uh, the real chaos is about to unfold once conference tournaments start. Because then you can pretty much erase what you've done during the regular season for most of these schools. I would say 70% of schools can throw away the regular season and it's all down to like the last four or five days um, battling for their lives. So, hey, on May 29th, let's see, would it be? No, May 29th. Conf- uh, conference tournaments start the 20 most of them 28 when's the election show may 29th yeah sunday may 29th everybody starts zero zero on may 29th hey some might get home field advantage some might not get it some might have long flight but everybody's zero zero dude you know what i'm most excited about this year is not not only not only are the teams that have like kind of solidified, their, solidified themselves in the upper tier um, going to – I'm losing my train of thought here. What I'm saying is basically the best teams obviously are going to be the biggest favorites, but there's going to be so much value in, like as far as gambling purposes go between really I would say seeds 12 through 16, like those hosts are going to have a ton of value, and, and then anybody is a two or a three seed. Um, we, we can kind of throw out four seeds. I don't expect there to be a Fresno State four seed make a huge run just because of like how like deep this tournament is. But, I mean, we saw it last year. When Ole Miss was a three seed. They played for a national championship against two seed Oklahoma. Um, I, I, I'm excited Great. just to kind of look at the board and see once selection show comes out, like the 64 teams, what their odds are. And you're going to be able to get a, like a team like Oklahoma State at probably 50 to 1. Or you're going to be able to get a team like Southern Miss at 100 to 1. Now, I, that, like, to me, that's huge value because the top seven to eight teams, I don't know if any of them are going to like be – I don't know if they're going to win it this year. I, I just have a weird don't feeling. Forget. Don't forget – You've got to, you. It's hard to make any judgment calls right now or any value calls because you got to see how the bracket and the board lays out. Because I'm not saying Ole Miss got lucky last year. I'm not saying that. I'm just using this as an example. We, I, at least personally, I knew Miami was going to struggle to make it out of their own regional. Now, what if let's just say we sent Ole Miss to some other regional? They might have never even gotten out of a regional. Oh, you're 100% you know I mean? right. Yeah, like once you can so, see the field, and I think that's what kind of what we do best is we'll, we'll be able to look at the 64 teams in the bracket and, and like how everybody's placed, and you can look at it and be like, oh, wow, like Dallas Baptist has a way to a super regional pretty easily. Or, or, or maybe a team like like, like Duke. You're like, wow, I like Duke, I like Duke a lot in the regional, and then they match up with the Stanford super regional. I like Duke there. So you're right, like – Hindsight's twenty twenty, but 
we'll be able to we'll be able to tell like which teams are like hot at the right time, maybe in a struggling regional. They're gonna be so a fraudulent. So they're gonna be a fraudulent host. We but we all know it. There's gonna be a team that stumbled their way into regionals. Like right now, Virginia keeps stumbling their way, but just keep your head above water and get a regional spot. They get a regional bid. That's the team you're like. Ooh, I'm looking at those twos and three seeds in the, in the Charlottesville regional because mm-hmm. I don't think Virginia's hot enough. I don't think they're, I just their mojo. They don't have their mojo. And then you can be like, bam! I like the two seed here. You look at the other regional, what the super regional match would be like, and you're like, bam, bam, bam! This team <laughs> is definitely going to be the two seed here, and bam, they're in Omaha. That's how you do it. It's the proven formula. But yeah, um, <laughs> we're still a long bam, ways away bam, from bam. there. But you can just tell, like for all the listeners, you can tell how excited we are because I mean we're we're not gonna be we're not gonna lie to you. Like the month of April is really the dog days of college baseball. Um, we have to kind of build your own excitement and find little things to get excited about. Obviously, like that's deep in the heart of conference play. But like, look, guys, we're excited ten times as much the first four weeks of the season and the last four weeks of the season. Like those are the times to like push your chips into the middle of the table, go all in, and then that middle stretch. And like obviously, you guys are like, "Well, I thought you guys loved college baseball." We do, but there's no MLB fans that are locked in for 162 games. Like there, you have to kind of make your own entertainment during the middle stretch. And sure, there's exciting things that happen, um, which we post about. I but mean, I would. I'm telling you. I mean, I I'm telling you, like the weird. last four weeks of the. Yeah, the last four weeks of the season is when, like, everybody is all invested, and it just makes it a lot more exciting. I wouldn't even be mad at fans or other content creators or whoever if you're most locked in the first four weeks and the last four weeks. First four weeks, you get your feet wet, you start seeing teams, and you kind of learn how everything, like, who's where, what team's got what, and then you just pay attention throughout the year. Mm-hmm. And then you're already more informed than 75% of people just by doing that. And then last four weeks, you sit down in your old big old love seat, and you're like, oh, yeah, we've been here all year. We're ready to go. Yeah. So, like, I mean, it is what it is. Some people some people like to be, tune in early, tune in late. Some people just love the shit so much, they tune in all 14 regular season weekends. Some people tune in Tuesday, whatever it is. Wherever you are, we're happy to have you here in this sport. So. Don't don't feel bad if you only watch five games this year. The last four are the most important ones anyway. 100%. And, uh, you know, that's why I've always been such a big advocate for, like, having, you know, sports game. And this is going to tie into our next segment where we talk about the Alabama baseball thing that was been going on in Ohio and now New Jersey. But that's why I've always been a big, big advocate for, like, college baseball game because it allows people who aren't going to sit there and watch a Saturday game, you know, South Carolina versus Presbyterian, um, it's going to allow them to be locked in and focused on a game, let them watch it, root for their team, get a little bit of an adrenaline rush. Um, and, and we've seen a lot more college baseball gambling because there was none back in 2019 when we got started. There were none in 2020. And then 2021, we really started to see towards the end of the year, like, okay, they're starting to come out with more lines. 2022, it was there all year. It was exciting. People were invested. And then this year has been great because – there's a lot of college baseball gambling content people out there um, that are posting picks. They're, they're, they're talking about reasons why they like things. So um, I think it's just getting more of a crowd to the game. But with all that said, we've been uh, 
you know, the last four days has kind of been a mystery about why, like what's going on with Alabama baseball and the state of Ohio, um, now the state of New Jersey. I'm going to kind of sum it up for everybody that maybe doesn't know what's going on. And then I'll give my analysis on the situation because I, I have talked to two different people in that work in sports gambling for for gambling companies. And I'll tell you what they've kind of said. So um, let's rewind back to last Friday at LSU and uh, Alabama was, you know, plus 300. I think it was LSU is 245. Paul Skeens um, is on the mound at home. Number one team, LSU, number one pitcher on the mound. And the state of Ohio flagged somebody in great American ballpark where the Reds play post like placed a huge bet. They say a huge bet. I don't think it was five figures. I think it was somewhere in the four figures on LSU money line. And they put a four figure, I think it was a four figure bet LSU and somebody else in a parlay. And, you know, there's like these AI systems that'll flag bets, you know, big bets. If it, if it's kind of out of the ordinary and the state of Ohio, like gambling commissioner comes out and says, we're no longer taking bets on Alabama. Everybody's scratching their head. Like what could possibly be the reason why? Because, and you know, there was not much detail in the ESPN article. Uh, there's really still hasn't been much detail, but what I tied it back to was Alabama scratched their starting pitcher about 20 minutes before game time. And the state of Ohio and like the gambling lines and everything weren't able to correct themselves before, um, before like bets were being placed. So I think it was flagged because, you know, possible insider information, maybe somebody was close to the Alabama team told somebody in Ohio and the people in Ohio told other people, you know, that are sports betters. And maybe there was an influx of LSU money line bets all coming in at the same time. Um, because there is a, usually a max wager on college baseball. I think it might be maybe $5,000 or something for most of these sports books. Uh, since it is like a niche sport and there was probably several bets coming in within seconds of each other, minutes of each other. And they thought that maybe there was, um, you know, for a sport like college baseball, maybe there was big insider information. Now they're investigating it. And I, what I think they're going to find out is it was public knowledge. Um, somebody tweeted it out like 20 minutes before game time that, Alabama starter was scratched and I'm sure somebody saw it on Twitter and, you know, told their gambling group. And there was just an influx on college baseball bets on LSU money line. That's what I think it is. I don't think it's a big deal. I don't think it has anything to do with Alabama baseball. I, I kind of hate that this, these stories are coming out because it's smearing Alabama baseball in a way that they don't deserve. Alabama ended up losing the game. So it's not like they lost the game on purpose. Like they were down seven to one. I think the final score was eight to six. Alabama rallied in the ninth. There's no way you could say they lost the game on purpose. Um, this isn't an eight men out situation. Like Alabama baseball, in my opinion, is 100% clear of, of any kind of speculation. I, I, I really think that, I think it was MGM, Bet MGM in Ohio. I think they got scared at like how fast public knowledge gets spread before they get it and before they can move the lines or take the game down. Um, let me, so let go me ahead, Demetri. Yeah, go ahead. I don't really know. I didn't really do my due diligence on the situation, but I do know LSU 
was like a minus 230 favorite with Paul Skeens on the bump on a Friday night against a 500, low below 500 SEC team. Is it, why, why is this an issue? It should be a non-issue. Paul Skeens is almost a hammer lock bet. And mm-hmm. minus 230 on LSU with him on the mound is actually not a terrible value. Yeah, it's not, right not bad value. So um, I, I think – do I agree that injuries should be – they must be reported within an hour of first pitch or two hours, whatever the, whatever the timeline should be? I agree. And do you remember when you went – we went back, I want to say a couple – like four or five weeks ago, you mentioned something about college baseball getting a D1 – like a FBS and a FCS, like football yeah. D1 and D1AA. If if college baseball were to go to a D1, like higher level D1, lower level, the requirements and the control and the more um, transparency in the sport would go way up because that upper mm-hmm. tier of D1, you could put, hey, we're we're the closest thing to professional baseball without being professional baseball. Mm-hmm. We can have pitcher reports, we can have injury reports, make it more required, and then betting goes through. To, it takes off to, through the roof. So right, those are some things to keep note of when you're when you pay them to these things like bet sports book getting pissed off at um, this kind of information coming out right before game time because hey, betting talk, gambling talk, money talk. If these mm-hmm. companies start seeing value in college baseball, they're going to put their foot in the door and start getting into the NCAA's ear, getting into people's ear, because they're going to throw money at these programs to sponsor them and, you know, whatever, advertise, but they want something in return, which is more strict injury. A hundred percent. Now, there's a couple other reasons why. Um, now, that the first part was what I think happened. There were a couple other reasons why it could have happened um, that I wanted to share here as well uh, because I did do a lot of research on this. I was really invested in this topic. um, And I, like I said, I talked to multiple people, one one in New Jersey, one in Las Vegas. Uh, You could probably guess who the person in Las Vegas was, but um, that work pretty high up in in these gambling companies. Now they said that or not. One of them said that it could have done, it could have been done with live betting. Um, so the way live works is if they're, you know, during between pitches or between innings or whatever, you you know, the, the lines will adjust accordingly. And it's based off of like the situation, the pit in the mound and so forth and so forth. Well, the Alabama radio broadcast was about three pitches ahead of the SEC network broadcast or SEC plus network broadcast on TV. So the radio, it was probably 30 seconds, maybe 40 seconds ahead of what was on TV. And they could have also been ahead of the stats, um, the live stats that are being processed through a computer that are adjusting the lines to um, the live bets. So what also could have happened was with the Alabama radio broadcast being so far ahead, somebody could have been listening to the game and, you know, Alabama hits a double down the line. First and second, nobody out. I'm going to live bet Alabama here to you know, win the game at plus 500 because they know the odds are going to shift down to plus 250 um, or whatever. So if, if that's the case, like that could potentially uh, be a reason why. You know, the Vegas sportsbooks want to be the first one to get the information and automatically adjust the live betting lines. Um, so that was also a, a possibility. 
there was another possibility too. I, I didn't take, I don't remember exactly what it was. It was kind of high tech. Uh, it had to do with software. Um, something about the stats that Alabama might've been sending in through their software to match up to their actual season stats, which could have thrown the lines off quite a bit. Um, like I said, it goes very deep, like possibilities, but I, I, there was, there's been nothing confirmed. There's an investigation going on. Uh, we wanted to talk about it here on the podcast just real briefly uh, to update everybody on, on what we found out and like possible scenarios. But at the end of the day, there, I think it has absolutely zero to do with players, coaches, family of players and coaches um, for Alabama. I don't want anybody smearing Alabama right now. That's just absolutely outrageous to assume those things. Um, I think it more has to do with just the, sports books wanting to protect themselves from possibly down the road you know even larger bets being placed and things like that so there's that segment and did you want to add anything to it dimitri no i mean i was i'm not a, i wasn't as well versed on the situation as you were um i just i just thought that it was kind of weird that they were making a, a, it almost like a nothing. It was like a nothing burger into a something burger. There should have that's never been an article like, written about my, it. What? I, I, I talked to Circa Las Vegas. I mean, obviously one of our sponsors. And they said there never been an article written about it because it had no content behind it. It was all speculation and it was all just an overreaction to, um, you know, a couple middle middle to large bets being placed on the number one team in the country at home with the best pitcher on the mound. They're like, if you don't want to take the action, don't put the lineup. And uh, so, yeah, there's that. But end of the day, like you're not, if you live in Ohio or New Jersey, you're not going to be able to bet on Alabama baseball. I'm sorry. I don't think there was a lot of people in those States that really cared about Alabama. Baseball, so it's not a huge, um, it's, it, it's nothing huge, but anyways, let's go ahead and talk about, who we have is our 16 national seeds. We're not doing a full field of 64 projection right now. Uh, we did one two weeks ago. And what we kind of agreed on is this is a week by week basis. Like things, things happen and change so quickly um, on a week by week basis, but we felt more, more comfortable, you know, kind of projecting the 16 teams that we think will host a regional. And then it was, we'll go at the, the back end of everything and talk about the few teams that are on the bubble, um, teams that um, are, could play their way into the tournament or play their way out of the whole tournament. So let's start here with our 16 national seeds. I think the top three right now are pretty solidified. Um, LSU at one, Wake Forest at two, and then Vanderbilt at three. Um, we have Vanderbilt ahead of South Carolina just due to head-to-head. And um, so those – so I, I might as well just say the fourth team, South Carolina. Um, right now, I mean, there's going to be separation, I think, between LSU and Wake Forest. Those two teams haven't lost a weekend series all year. They play in the toughest conferences. And right now, LSU, Wake Forest, 1-2, I think it's going to end up 1-2. Now, if LSU maybe loses a series or if Wake Forest loses a series, there'll be some more separation between those two. But at the end of the day, if you're in the top eight national seeds, it does not matter, you know, where you're at, number one or number two. In fact, some people might even say we don't want to be number one. The number one team in the country has hasn't won a national championship since 1999, before most of these college players were even born. So there's that argument. But you know, LSU one, Wake Forest two, Vanderbilt three. 
those are the three uh, top seeds right now. Um, yep. Four, four and five. I think you could make an argument to flip those two teams one way or the other. Um, actually, no, you can't because South Carolina whooped Florida. Um, and so I think South Carolina solidifies themselves at four and then Florida five. Those five teams, as of right now, you know, with injuries being considered with other teams and um, maybe a little bit of recency bias, those five teams, I think, have been the five best teams all year long. Um, I, I really couldn't see an argument for any other team right now. And plus, on the field performance, those, those five teams have so many first and second round draft picks this year and next year. The talent is all there as well. Um, you're going to get your Golden Spikes winner out of those five teams 100%. You're going to get your freshman of the year candidate out of those five teams 100%. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue with those top five teams. Yeah, I mean, you can – I mean, it, I mean LSU preceded number one. They, they haven't really given us any reason to lose that number one spot. Yes, you can nitpick the resume and say South Carolina. I thought South Carolina was the best team in the country at one point from a resume standpoint. Um, but other people can agree to disagree, disagree, whatever. Um, but, yeah, those five teams, I don't think there's any question. LSU and Wake, Bandy, South Carolina, Florida all did a little circle of beating each other. Bandy beat South Carolina, South Carolina beat Florida. So it's kind of like a – um, thing so that's why the bandies at three and the other two are right behind them. Um, yeah, but you, yeah. you want to know something funny about LSU that I picked up when I was looking at their schedule? Um, when LSU, so starting at March 14th, and this is a fun fact for anybody that's listening. Um, starting March 14th, when conference started in the SEC, when LSU wins their midweek game, they lose one game on the weekend, they win two out of three on the weekend. When they lose their midweek game, they sweep the weekend. So since conference play, they've been three and one every single week. Um, and I'll, I'll go back to March 14th. They won at New Orleans, or they beat New Orleans 16 to nothing, but then they dropped the Sunday game at Texas A&M. Next week, they had Central. They they whooped with Central Arkansas, but then they lost Friday night against Arkansas. They won two out of three. They beat Grambling in the midweek. They lost one at Tennessee. Tennessee. They beat Nichols State. They lost one at South Carolina. They beat Beat Tulane, they lost one against Kentucky. Now they lose Louisiana in the midweek, and they sweep LSU on the weekend. They lose against Ole Nichols Miss. State. Uh, or sorry, yeah, Ole Miss. What did I say? LSU. Oh, sorry. They sweep at LSU after losing the midweek against Louisiana. They sweep they at Ole Miss. they lose the midweek against Nichols State. They sweep Alabama. Well, this week they run ruled south, uh, southeastern Louisiana 10 to nothing. So – like statistically speaking, they're going to lose one at Auburn this weekend. They're going to win two out of three. Funny, yeah, it's it's weird, man. Like they've been very consistent, three and one every single week. Um, so that's just a little fun fact that I picked up on there. But uh, anyways, so going through six, we'll go six through ten here uh, for the next little section of our national seat, or sorry, our, our regional hosts. So six. We have the second best ACC team in our opinion. You know, they're playing great baseball. It's Duke. And then seven, we have Arkansas. Now, Duke, saw you can flip back and forth. Arkansas is dealing with a lot of injuries right now. I mean, the, the pitching injury bug has been crazy for them. 
Um, we we kind of projected the rest of the year and thought Duke would hold up a little bit stronger than Arkansas. Um, and then number eight, we have Coastal Carolina, who we both agree deserves a national seed, um, just based off their strength of schedule, the quality wins that they have, and you well, know winning the winning the Sun Belt is like not, not an easy task. The Sun Belt is loaded this year. And in, in, in if you compare it in years past, East Carolina has gotten – I want to say they've gotten two national seeds in the past like five years, four years or something like that. Yeah. Um, and they're always flirting in that 8 to 12 range in the RPI ranking. So mm-hmm. um, if East Carolina can, can do it in the AAC, Coastal can 100% do it in the Sun Belt. Coastal 8. And a 9, this is a team that – it's kind of been flying under the radar since they've they've lost some big series, but Miami, um, Miami has looked really good the last few weeks, and they won a big series at Louisville last weekend. And when you look at their numbers compared side by side to other teams that are looking to host a regional, like they kind of have the best resume. They have a they have three series losses this year: Florida, Wake Forest, and Virginia. When Virginia was hot, all on the road. Uh, but besides that, they've taken care of business this year. So. We think Miami can can kind of flirt with a national seed, maybe not qualify yet, but super regional of coastal against Miami would be would be sweet. Um, that would be super sweet, very tropical, like very good colors. Yeah, yeah, good colors too. Um, and then number ten, we have who we think will win the Big Twelve, and that's West Virginia. So they would match up with Arkansas in a super regional, which kind of makes sense. It's something the committee would would probably do something like that there you know what's interesting about west virginia they still have a tough road ahead of them yeah and by tough you can say it's tough or not like oklahoma they're heating up they've been playing Mm -hmm. much better baseball the past couple weeks so that's going to be a tough test but they get them at home then they get texas tech at home as well and texas tech i I mean i'd be more scared of oklahoma than texas tech right now um and then which what is probably going to be the big Big Twelve regular season championship series? It's at Texas, the final weekend of the regular of the regular season, at um, the Dish. So a lot can change with West Virginia. They could not even come close to winning the Big Twelve title, but I mean they've got what is it a two and a half game lead? Yeah, they have. A, they're eleven and four. Oklahoma State's eleven and seven, so they have a three three game loss column lead over Oklahoma State. And the head-to-head. They've got got the extra series. Um, So, I mean, Texas – so, who knows? It can can be Texas, Oklahoma State, or West Virginia getting that 10 to 14 range in the hosting spot. One of them will get it. Yeah. As of right now, West Virginia gets it. For sure. Um, And then – so, those – so, six, Duke, seven, Arkansas, Coastal, eight, Miami, nine, and West Virginia, ten. I mean, I think those – five teams could kind of shift their way around, you know, throughout the rest of the season, but pretty confident those five teams will all host a regional. Um, and then 11 through 16 here, we have, this was tough because not only do we have to project the rest of the season, we also have to take into account what they've done the first part of the season too. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we get it. We, we get it. Virginia has been struggling, but Virginia, we have at 11. Um, they're the prime candidate for the hot, cold, hot theory. Super hot beginning of the season. Ice cold recently. We expect them to heat back up just because they're too talented, man. You know, Jake Geloff has 73 RBIs. 
Uh, Kyle Teal has been boosting his draft status like crazy recently. Um, and the pitching staff, they all have really good ERAs, like mid threes, low fours, which in today's college baseball is great. Um, so we, we like Virginia at 11. Stanford winning the Pac-12 at 12. Wow, that's weird to say. Stanford winning the Pac-12. They'll be the 12th seed. And then Oklahoma State, 13th, finished second in the Big 12. Um, they have some good wins on their resume. We, we expect them to finish strong. And then the last three seeds was kind of a toss-up. Boston College at 14, who have held their own and actually excelled this year in the ACC out of nowhere. Nobody expected it. Um, and then Tennessee, 15. Dallas Baptist, 16. The uh, Tennessee pick at 15, we, we thought that they might have missed the tournament three weeks ago. But they have been, uh, been freaking red hot. And sure, the record on the road this year is terrible. And they haven't won a road series all year. Um, Tennessee still has a lot to prove, in my opinion, before they even flirt with a national seed uh, contention. But they're above 500 in the SEC. Uh, they have some very winnable series coming up. And right now, I don't know if anybody's playing better baseball than them. Uh, it seems to all click for them. They got the starting rotation, the bullpen figured out. So I expect Tennessee to host a regional this year. It would be kind of disappointing if they don't. It would just be, you know, because such they, a they, letdown, dude. Yeah, because such a letdown. They're getting their hopes. They're getting their hopes up right now. They were down for the count. Everyone's like, "Oh man, this is this is terrible. This sucks. This sucks." Oh my god, you know that meme, <laughs> the WWE guy. What's his name? Yeah, he comes out of the uh, he's like, "I'm back. I'm alive." That's Tennessee right now. So yeah, for them to get their hopes up like this again, just to miss it would be would be such a tease, right? Um, and then Dallas Baptist team. The reason why we did that, there was a few teams we were considering here. There was UConn, there was um, Indiana State, there was uh, Oregon and Oregon State. More Oregon State than Oregon, just because of the head to head this year. Um, now, let me just talk, let me talk to you the, why, like the reason why we didn't pick Oregon State. Uh, Oregon State has an RPI, I think, around 25 right now, which is you know kind of on the bubble. If you ever want to host a regional, you really want to be at top 22 to be considered, just based on what the committee has done in the past. Oregon State has a three-game series against like 210 RPI Western Carolina, so three games against a bad RPI team. And I guarantee you they wish they could switch that series right now or cancel it because even if they sweep, they're probably going to lose RPI points, um, which is sad, but it is what it is. So Oregon State, I think, would have to win the Pac-12 tournament um, or just win every single game the rest of the year and then, you know, three or four or two or three in the Pac-12 tournament to even be in that hosting picture. It's kind of a tough test. Um, hey, speaking of Oregon State, so basically they are – 49 RPI points away from 49 RPI points away behind number 18, Oklahoma state. So when you look at it that way, a team can usually gain, if they win like, you know, against a top 50 team, they can usually gain between 20 and 30 RPI point over a whole series. Yeah. Maybe like, like for example, Maryland jumped like 20 RPI spot after sweeping a top 20 RPI Indiana last weekend. So Oregon State, it probably they could easily drop into that 29, 30 range 
drop about 30 RPI points over the course of a weekend, assuming they win all three. So yeah, it's like, it's, it's, it's really interesting how mm-hmm. like if they had any other, if they just had a Rose series again, Cal this weekend, they they probably can move up two or three spots and get into the top 20 range. So we'll For sure. Yeah. So um, now we picked Dallas Baptist because the committee, the last two years, has put a mid-major team in the 16 overall spot. They did it with Louisiana Tech in 2021, and they did it with Georgia Southern last year. Um, the funny twist is an ACC team won both of those regionals and ended up going to Omaha, upsetting the number one overall team with Notre Dame last year and NC State in 2021. So we kind of wanted to fit that mold there, put a, put a mid-major team at 16, which you know the committee might do again. And Dallas Baptist kind of works more geographically uh, speaking. In, you know, they're in the middle of Texas. There's going to be several Texas and Oklahoma, Arizona team. Oh, yeah, one Arizona team, maybe two, um, Louisiana. So that, that Dallas regional would be a good fit for like geographic purposes. Also, like the resume, they don't have the quadrant one wins that usually you need for the, uh, the qualification. They have but- one. They have one. I know they, but they don't have like. Usually, you need at least four or five. Like, you need some. Well, speaking of speaking of that, Georgia Southern last year was. Let's see here. Take away. Yeah, so Georgia Southern last year was five and twelve against quad one team. Oh, they got, were they, they really? Got yeah, they were five and twelve. They were five and twelve against quad one team. Their RPI ranking. So. We just finished week 12. We have 13, 14, 15, and 16 left, right? Mm-hmm. Georgia Southern's RPI at week 12 last year was seven. They finished the regular season heading into conference tournament at 11. Dallas Baptist right now is at 19. With their schedule, they have UTSA coming up. Um, if they win that series against UTSA next weekend, it's 57, and then they've got Middle Tennessee and Western Kentucky. If they can stay in that top 20 range, they can enter the Conference USA tournament and get into that 18, 17, 16 range again, like where they, they're at 19 now. So yeah, that's very much in play. Mm-hmm. And um, so we, we picked them over UConn and Indiana State. I expect, I mean, Indiana State's killing the Missouri Valley and it would be a good reg- like geographical region up there in uh, the Midwest. But I, I expect Indiana State to kind of fall off. Um, you know, they the RPI has been hanging on. They're top ten RPI, I think, right now, or maybe at eleven. But I, I just I, I don't believe in them yet, man. And like, I'm sorry to say that to Indiana State fans, and maybe they want people to keep doubting them. But I think if Dallas Baptist played Indiana State head to head, neutral site, three game series. I would trust Dallas Baptist to win that series way more than I would you know Indiana State. You know what's so ironic? We were always like Dallas Baptist needs to play in a better conference, and now we're like, damn, if Dallas Baptist <laughs> could play Indiana State. I think Dallas Baptist would win. That's so ironic. It's so ironic. But Dallas Baptist has won the Missouri Valley like pretty much every year uh, the last hey, five years. Indiana State got four, five top 100 RPI games left. Basically, half of their games left are against top 100 teams. So. They could they could still hang in there. They could still hang in there. It's going to be really – I'm really excited to see because if they're top 15, top 16 RPI, they do have two quad one wins. Does the committee reward Tara Howe – is it Tara Howe? 
Terra Ho, I think. Yeah. Anyway, they reward them with a, a hosting thing that, I mean, that is bigger than Coastal getting one. That's bigger than Georgia Southern getting one. hundred percent. unbelievable for Indiana State to get to host a regional. And, and look, I'm rooting for them. I really am. Like, I love seeing these mid-major teams Same. in the, the regional uh, hosting picture. I just, I, I, I have to just give it to Dallas Baptist yeah. over them. Maybe they both get one. I think it'd be very, very unlikely for them both to get it. But, uh, I mean, it is a possibility. It really is. If for if for Indiana State to host, Terre Haute is close to nothing. They're they're it looks like they are I don't know, two hours from two hours or so from Indianapolis, it looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Yeah, they're about two hours from Indianapolis. So where would they host a regional? I don't see any I think their field is good enough to host a regional. No, dude, no, it's not. You don't think so? No, I played there. I played there in 2013, I think. Well, they've done upgrades since 2013. I looked at it recently. Um, it was on the podcast. I looked right at it. I'm looking right now. Indiana State Baseball Stadium. Um, they have a weird. They have a weird dynamic. It's like a. Uh, it's like a turf infield and a grass outfield. I don't know if they changed that recently. Let me see. Okay, Indiana State. Yeah, dude. I don't think they can host a regional in that. I'm looking um, at a picture here. I'm just seeing if they could put I, in. I have a, a good one here. Think of it like Mercer, but a little bit higher and not as wide. Yeah. That makes sense. There, there goes to the beginning of the dugout. Their grandstand goes to the beginning of the dugout. Probably three rows deeper, like higher. But I don't see that being regional hosting – Caliber. Yeah, you're you're right. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what the qualifications are now. Maybe they'd have to host it somewhere else, um, which would suck. I mean, I know these teams, you know, want to host it at their home, but you know, if the NCAA says you can't do it there, they're gonna find. That's, to find that's, yeah. that's what comes with investing into your facility before you get into the situation where, like, oh shit, we can we can we have a chance to host the regional. Too late, man. I'm looking on the late. map real fast. I mean, they, they could do it. At, like, there's got to be a minor stadium, league team. minor league stadium somewhere in the area. Yeah, I mean, I know, I know there's a lot of like independent ball teams in that area, and you know, minor league teams. I just, I don't know where they would. I don't know. It's hey, interesting. So we'll have to, we'll have to keep you guys updated and see if we find anything out. I'm going to give you a couple things from last year regarding some teams that hosted. We are through week 12. Last year, Maryland's RPI was 32 coming out of week 12. They finished the regular season at RPI of 9. East Carolina last year, coming through week 12. So think of this past Monday a year ago. East Carolina's mm-hmm. RPI was 52. They finished the regular season 8 RPI. So oh, they wow. jumped up. They jumped up 44 spots in the final three, four weeks of the season, including the conference tournament, so four weeks. Teams are not out of it yet. You are just as much in it as you were week one. Um, and I think Maryland's an example this year. I could see Maryland easily playing their way they're to gonna, a regional hosting gonna, spot. I think they can play, they're going to play their way into it. I, I And I always love when the Big Ten gets a hosting spot because I think they deserve it. Um the Big Ten's not bad at baseball, guys. Like I know there's this running joke on social media, 
like, oh, you play in the Big Ten, like you're a joke, whatever. I mean, every year we see teams from the Big Ten do damage in the postseason. I mean, Michigan was the runner-up in 2019, took Vanderbilt to a game three. Um, same thing with, uh, with uh, who was it? Nebraska in 2021. They one could the, have one of the most memorable regional games I remember yeah, in the last yeah. couple of years. Um, but you should have beat Nebraska and, and moved on. So yeah, the Big Ten's not bad at baseball. Maryland hosted a regional last year. Uh, they lost to UConn, but still, like they were a really good team last year, and I think they got better this year. Um, I'm going to be 100 percent honest with you. I want Maryland to get a redemption, get another regional at home because I think they'll win it this time. Um, UConn was playing incredible last year. I mean, they were a, they were a win away. They were outs away from going to Omaha. Yeah, knocking off Stanford in that super regional. So they got they ran into a good Maryland team. They ran into a good Wake Forest. Played didn't play well, but that was another good team that was in that regional. Um, I would love College Park. You remember how electric that state? They were pissed off the umpires all week. Uh, oh yeah, they they, 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 they turned so it up I would out love there. To see College College Park get another regional. Um, but yeah, just some nuggets to keep in mind as far as the RPI goes. You can jump thirty spots overnight. Um, the next no, you, couple of weeks, not overnight, but in the few can. Yeah, there's still a lot of baseball to be played. That was a metaphor, dude. That was a okay. metaphor. Okay. Um, let's see here. Let's move on to like some bubble teams that are maybe in that fifty. Oh, to... Go ahead. I wanted to. I wanted to give you a couple more teams that I think can play their way. We already talked about UConn, Oregon State, and Oregon. Texas, we already mentioned the Big 12. They, if one of them can win that thing, uh, the Big 12 regular season title, they can get a hosting spot. Another team to keep an eye on, North Carolina is sitting at 11-11 in the ACC, 34 RPI. They've got NC State for a three. They've got Coastal midweek, and they've got Clemson for three on their schedule left. North Carolina gets two out of three, a win against Coastal, and two out of three against Clemson. They're right back in the hosting picture. Um, they'll be top. Well, hey, same guys. thing with Clemson. Too. Clemson's not out of it. They're 14 RPI, uh, number three strength of schedule, and they're hot right now. They're they're just like Tennessee. They they've come out of nowhere, and um, you know Eric Backage has the boys a 12 and 12 um, quadrant one record and an eight and one quadrant two record. So they're 20 and 13 against top 100 teams. Like that's really good for Clemson. Hey, imagine this scenario. So, North Carolina's got this weekend off, right? Then they've got NC State at home at Clemson. Let's say Clemson takes two out of three against Louisville this weekend. Mm-hmm. Two out of three against Virginia Tech next weekend. That North Carolina-Clemson series at Doug Kingsmore is going to be electric uh, on the final, regular season, final weekend of the year. Electric. That- because the winner of that series might get a, final, get a hosting spot. Mm-hmm. Um, so that will be a must-watch series to keep your eye on, hoping these two teams can take care of business the next two weekends. Yeah. Um, another team here, just want to talk about hosting potential. Southern Miss isn't out of it either. They're 29 RPI, and um, they have very winnable games the rest of the year. Um, yeah, I just think – I think for Southern Miss, they need to make the championship game in the, in the Fun Belt Championship. They need to, if they take care of them the next three weekends, make the Sun Belt Championship game 
they could very easily be in that hosting mix. So don't sleep on those teams from the 24 to uh, 40 range. All those teams can play their way in. Cal State Fullerton, they can play their way in. If they dominate TCU this weekend, they're going to, they're going to be top 30 RPI. Um, I mean, another team, Notre Dame is not out of it yet, 13-11 in the ACC. They can play their way in. UCLA, not optimistic on it, but they can do it. Um, there's a lot of ball to be played left. So that's just kind of what we've got so far for you guys. Yeah, 100%. Um, now let's kind of take the other end of the spectrum and talk about some bubble teams, really in that like 50 to 70 range, maybe even 70 70- one because I, I think Georgia Southern's played their way back into the bubble here, 13 and eight in the Sun Belt, third place. Um, but let's take a team like who do we want to start with? Let's start with Kansas State because I think they're interesting this year. Tied for Kansas second State. with Oklahoma State, yeah, tied for second with Big 12, 11 and seven in conference play, 28 and 18 overall, 58 RPI. Um, I mean, you want to be in the top fifty. Schedule. Yeah, you're gonna to want to. Uh, for Come them, on, dude, you're supposed to say nice. Oh, sorry, nice. Uh, <laughs> uh, what was I gonna say? Oh, yeah, but Kansas State. So they have um, the last two weekends uh, at a three, and they beat Texas Tech. Um, and then they have Southeast Missouri, which, which will probably be a tournament team for three games this weekend, and. Uh, They'll probably win the OVC. But then the last two regular season weekends are going to be huge for Kansas State at Oklahoma State to break that tie. Um, and and then TCU the last weekend. And like TCU, I think, is out of the right now. Easily can play their way back in. Uh, tournament started today. I think TCU is out. Um, but yeah, Kansas State to me is interesting because we saw them play in our classic. They did all right. They did pretty good. They they. They held LSU down for the longest time. And uh, I, I watched them play Texas Tech last week, and, and they're, they're a very fundamentally sound team. They play great defense. Um, they throw strikes. And they don't, don't have anybody that really wows you at the plate, but you know they're three hitters. They're, they're just a different style of team than what most teams are today. So I, I'm interested in Kansas State. I think that they could like, – with a couple more series wins, like solidify a spot as an at-large, but the RPI is not really reflecting it right now. Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, Washington, not out of it. TCU, not, not dead yet. Oklahoma, not dead yet. UTSA, dude, another team I wrote down. UTSA last year, week 12, they were 44 RPI. Week 13, 54. Then they finished the season. At 37 RPI, 9 and 10 against quad one teams, they didn't get in. Yeah, they, they didn't get in. The Belt Conference USA Championship game. So, and they're 57 in right now and 16 and four. They need that series win over Dallas Baptist big time. They have to have, have to have it. Have to have it. So, that's a team I'm rooting for. Um, because I think they do, they got hosed last year. They got absolutely hosed last year. So, I yeah. really hope. People were upset that them and Grand Canyon didn't get in over Ole Miss. Like I thought, they deserved. Grand Canyon got in last year. Oh, not Grand Canyon. I'm sorry. Grand Canyon was like two years ago. Yeah, but UTSA I think should have got in over Ole Miss last year. Um, But I mean, we saw we saw how that out. Um, I mean, really, other than that, I mean, 
Like UC Irvine like has to just win out the rest of the year. They're at 44 RPI and there is no conference tournament for them. But if they can win out or at least finish nine and one, I think they have, let's see, three, six, nine, 10, 13 games left. If they go 12 and one against Hawaii, San Diego, Northridge, Davis, and Riverside, which is very possible, um, I think they can get in the tournament. They had a big midweek win against UCLA. The Anteaters were unstoppable. They're, they're, they're in three quad one. They're, they're on the comfortable side of things right now. Yeah, and if they get in, then the, that means the Big West will have three teams in with Fullerton, UC Santa Barbara, and UC Irvine. That's good for the sport. Beautiful. That's good for the hey, sport. Hey, we challenged the Big West to make a comeback this year, and yeah. I'm not mad. I'm not mad one bit. I'm actually very impressed, very happy with the way things have turned out so far. I think the Big West took a step forward this year. And, mm-hmm. um, I mean, full, it, it, it's funny how it all comes back to the team like Fullerton to step up, and it makes the whole conference better. Oh, yeah. Um, let me see here. There's really no other bubble teams yet because, like, everybody's still alive or they've played their way out of it. Like, for example, like Mississippi State's at 48 RPI, Rutgers 47, Georgia Tech 49. Like, those teams, they're not going to make the tournament just because of their conference record. Um, same thing with Missouri at 40. Like, Missouri at 40, uh, Rutgers 47, Mississippi State 48, Georgia Tech 49. Like, they would have to pull off. Some sort of miracle there to to get even Mississippi in the State. Mississippi State needs seven SEC wins. They can win one of the. If they can win, I think they can beat Texas A and M in a series at home. I mean, I'm not saying it's very doable and easy, but I I could see them squeaking one out there too. Got to get one at LSU and Arkansas. They can't get swept anymore. They they ran out of gifts, um, getting swept cards. Um, yeah. One, two, three, four, and then a strong showing and over, and that's the only way that team gets in. No, nah, I mean, that's dead. They don't even have a pitching coach right now. Too, but it's, we've seen crazier things. Yeah. You know what? Here's an opinion that I have. Um, I probably I, I wanted to save it until closer to the regional selection show, but everybody this year, everybody has been saying, like, oh, that last SEC team is, is – on the bubble, they're going to get in the tournament just because that's what they did last year, Ole Miss. I think I have a different opinion where I don't know if the committee is going to let that last SEC team in or potentially, I guess, maybe ACC team in the tournament. They might go with an at-large this year because I think a lot of the committee members don't want to see what happened last year. Um, I, I think they're going to be like, whoa, like, if we let this team in like, and they go on a deep run, it kind of makes us like, you know what I'm saying? There's so many conferences represented in the committee. They might try to like shadow ban that last SEC team from getting in to avoid having a team like this or Ole Miss last year win the whole thing. Um, they might give it to a mid-major and be like, hey, it gives our conference a better shot at winning the tournament. So like, if you're a Pac-12 it committee does member. It keep the morale up. It does keep mm-hmm. the motivation and energy up and excitement that, that these small schools still have a shot. Yeah. So I, I think 180 turn on that. A team right. like Georgia, maybe on the bubble hey. or something at the end of the year, they, the committee might say, ah, we're going to leave Georgia out this year, and we're going to put a team like UTSA in or Texas State or somebody to uh, kind of balance that out. So anyway, um, so that's the talk there about bubble teams. 
Um, let's do this here now. Let's let's talk about the mid. I mean, the weekend series pick them, and then let's end the show from there. So, weekend series pick them this week is a little bit of it's kind of for first place for a lot of these conferences. Uh, the weekend series pick them teams are Wichita State at Houston, and that's battle for first in the AAC. Cal State Fullerton at TCU. That's a non-conference. Um, that's a non-conference series that I think has huge implications for both teams. Fullerton, if with a sweep, like could put themselves into a regional hosting picture. TCU needs to win the series at home just to stay alive. Um, in in at large picture, really. Um, and then we have Stetson at Florida Gulf Coast, battle for first place in the A Sun. Northeastern at UNCW. Uh, that CAA um, conference is loaded, and this is battle for I believe first place. Northern Kentucky at Wright State, uh, battle for first place again there in the conference. They're both tied up. And then for the Arizona State is a good one just because, like, Stanford, I think, is the best team in the Pac-12. But Arizona State winning the series last or two weeks ago, um, you know, I mean, they're still in the thick of things in the Pac-12 at the top of the standing. So those are the six. Uh, if this is your first show. Dimitri both pick who we think is going to win the series, two out of three. And we've been keeping a leaderboard with all of our Patreon members all year all year round um, to see who's the best at it. And there's there's quite a few guys that have separated themselves. Yep, so let's, let's get into it. Yeah, so the first series here, we have Wichita State at Houston, uh, both the first tied for first in the AAC. And they both hold the tiebreaker over East Carolina as well. So even if East Carolina sweeps and they're not going to be ahead of the winner of this series here, I like Wichita State a lot. Let me start off by saying that. They, they actually had a big midweek win over Kansas State. And, you know, Peyton Tolley has been one of the best two-way guys of the year. Friday night guy, also hits in the middle of the order for Wichita State. Um, he's a lefty and has been dominating the AAC recently. So – my internet cut out there. I believe I was talking about Houston, but um, Houston is 13 and 10 at home this year. And I think a lot of those wins have been recently. I usually tend to go with the home teams recently in, uh, in this weekend series pick them, but I'm starting to push myself towards Wichita state. I think they'll win Friday night. Peyton Talley's pitching. Give me the Shockers. I, I think they have a little bit of magic this year. They, I watched them play against ECU, and they look like the best team in the country. I, I'll take Wichita State. I, I'm okay with that pick. So I was leaning. I was leaning. I saw you know Houston thirteen to ten at home. Wichita State ten and eight on the road. I was like, I was leaning initially with Wichita State. I mean, um, yeah, with Wichita State. But looking at the number. Wichita State, 407 strikeouts, 145 walk, 378, I mean, uh, 321 strikeouts, 179 walk, 488 slugging. 488 slugging is below decent, average. Right? I think it's kind of below average for a team. Yeah. Okay. Houston, 359 strikeouts, 173 walk. So they're pretty similar in that department, pretty similar, 463 slugging as a team. 
57 home runs for Houston, 56 home runs for Wichita. So offensively, they're literally identical. Yeah, they're actually and very I'm, similar teams. Yeah, they're very similar. Um, Houston on the mound, 60 RA, 161 whip. Wichita just smokes them by by a whole two runs a game on the pitching side, I think. And I really wanted to find – I was trying to find – the moral of the story is I was trying to find a reason to like Houston, and I can't really find one. Yeah, the only reason you'd say is, like, they're the home team. They've been playing good baseball That's recently. Saying. That's the only thing that I'm really, like, leaning toward. Um, Wichita State gets three starters that have made every start every weekend start this year. Mm-hmm. Adler, Tolly, and Candiotti. Candiotti, 11 starts on the year. Houston, on the other hand, got a whole bunch of people have may start. Um, I'm gonna have to go with Wichita State here. Your your internet cut out. Who'd you end up picking? Oh, I said I'm gonna have to go with the Shockers. Nice. Okay, so we agree on that one here. Next series, we have Cal State Fullerton at TCU. I'm gonna just go and put my chill the table i'm going all in just give me tcu it's this is as must win of a series as possible they're at home they got smoked by texas last week but they did salvage on monday i mean there's got to be a fire up their ass right now just give me tcu i love cal state fullerton um and like honestly cal state fullerton needs this series win just like tcu uh to get in that hosting picture but have to win this series i'll go i'll i'll ride die on that sword Hey, Fullerton is thirteen and five on the road, fourteen and eight at home. Dude, I'm, Fullerton I'm has a really, really, yeah. Fullerton has a really good resume this year, dude. I'm sticking with my Big West preseason pick of the year, Cal State Fullerton. Give me the Titans. All right. Um, we got Stetson at Florida Gulf Coast coming up next here. Battle of the A Sun regular season. Uh, I mean, they're in first first two places i mean florida gulf coast has kind of been a good story all year very veteran led team you called it at the beginning of the year dimitri you love florida gulf coast and uh i mean when they're at home it just feels like the ball launches out of their ballpark i mean odds are they're going to end up being a four seed you know there was talks of them being a two seed and a three seed earlier in the year but that rpi because of the conference they're playing in just keeps lowering and lowering and lowering um I haven't seen much of Stetson this year. I know they had a, a couple big mid midweek wins early in the year. I'll go Florida Gulf Coast at home. I, I've just seen too much of them, and they just mash baseballs. I think they're still in first place in the country in home runs. Um, I'll tell you right now, but, yeah, I was about to tell you, don't overthink this, dude. Florida Gulf Coast is the play here. They're by far and away the better team. They lead the country in home runs by seven. 106 homers on 44 games. That's absurd, dude. Yeah. <laughs> that is over two homers a game. Wherever um, they go as a four seed, wherever they go as a four seed is going to be dangerous. Yep. Give me, give me, give me the E. All right. Um, next series we have here Northeastern at UNCW. Northeastern. Just canceled their midweek. They said because of rain, but I think it was more just because of RPI purposes. But Northeastern's been the better team all year round. But UNCW has shown signs 
you know, sporadically through the season of being like, damn, they're good, man. Like they're solid. Um, they have some star power as well. And I mean, really for me, it's like, can Northeastern go on the road, tough place to play. UNCW always plays well at home and, and win a series. And I'm going to, I'm going to back Northeastern here. I'm going to, I'm going to just bet on them to win and, and, and just say like, they're the better team, but it would not surprise me one bit if UNCW gets back in that, you know, first two spots of the CAA regional, I mean, sorry, regional um, at large picture. I, I like the Seahawks a lot, but I, I think Northeastern just deeper on the mound and, and they've just had more experience, more postseason experience, more experience in the conference. So I'll, t- I'll take Northeastern. I am rolling. Who do you, th- yeah, I, I was about to say, who do you think I'm rolling with it? I'm rolling with Northeastern. Give me the Seahawks. Wait, um, what? Four, you just what? said, give me Northeastern. Give me the Seahawks. Give me UNC Wilmington, damn it. Give me <laughs> um, the Seahawks at home. I, I think that's I, a good I think, pick. I think that's a good pick. I think, I mean, Northeastern's only series of loss, ugh, series loss of the year was at Elon, if I'm not mistaken. Um. Yep, that was their only series loss with Ad Elon. Everybody else they've rolled through, but they've got Wilmington, William and Mary, and Charleston to finish the year. Um, I think this is going to be their second series loss of the year. Give me the Seahawks at home. All right, next series here. I think we're both on the same page. I mean, the <laughs> the uh, we got Northern Kentucky at Wright State, and I love Wright State. Uh, and they had a big midweek win over Ohio State. I guess you can call it a big midweek win. It's really not that big. But Ohio State's still a pretty solid team. Um, but Wright State just runs this conference, man. They they win it every year, it feels like. Northern Kentucky, great story. And they actually have really good talent. Uh, I was kind of shocked going through the stats on the team. Uh, really, like, guys that can really hit. And they got two pitchers that are really, really good for them, throw a lot of innings. But Wright State at home, I think, is the easiest pick on the board here. I'm not going to overthink it. Give me the Raiders. I'm not even going to look at home record, road record, nothing. Give me Wright State. All right. And then uh, the last series here I think is the second easiest. Stanford at Arizona State. Uh, Once again, I'm going to say it. I still don't think Arizona State is even close to on par with what Stanford has talent-wise. Great story. Don't get me wrong. Like Willie Bloomquist has put that that Arizona State logo back on the map for baseball. Uh, you know, they had some down years and, and with that hire, people were kind of questioning it, but he's proved to be a really good head coach, really good recruiter. Um, Arizona state's at home, but again, I mean, as the weather warms up, as we get into May, Stanford always finds a way to, uh, start winning games like pretty handedly. And I think they're the better team. Um, give me Stanford here. I'm not going to overthink it. Arizona or Stanford is 10 and 7 on the road. Arizona State is 25 and 5 at home. 20 and 5 at home. Stanford series loss at USC. They split a four-game series at Oklahoma. Lost at Oregon. There's all their series wins are at home. Give me Arizona State at home in the desert. I'm rolling with the Sun Devils. I wow. think they're gonna keep on blooming. It <laughs> keep on blooming. Uh you know, if Arizona State wins this series. That, that locks up a spot in the regional tournament, no doubt. 
if they sweep, like maybe get back into a regional hosting picture. Um, I mean, they're, they, they're 31. They're right there. Mm -hmm. They can climb 12 spots easily. Um, but yeah, I like Arizona State at home. Their biggest series of the year. Um, I mean, okay, they did get swept at home by Irvine, but that was uh, almost two months. That was basically two, yeah, two months ago. Um, but they had Arizona at home, swept them. They had Washington State at home, swept them. They had Oregon State at home, took two out of three. So they play really well at home. Give me, give me Arizona State. All right. Well, I uh, I like how we disagreed on some of those there. I need to gain some ground. I got to get back to 500, man. I'm under 500 this year. Weekend series pick them. Hashtag fade Ben Upton has been in full effect. Um, I guess last year was a fluke where I, I dominated because I think two years ago I was trash. And um, but yeah, I mean ben, anyway. Go ahead. You're 30 and 34. You have four games to make up over the next four weekends. Get your ass in the data room get your ass in there and figure out the picks well that was my problem early in the year i was like just relying too much on the data i, I think i've been doing a little bit better recently just going gut picks and just not overthinking it but man it's embarrassing that graphic every week to see me below 500 hey i'm 41 and 23 i'm six games out of first place in our, our pick them challenge we got like 100 people in it um I've lost, I think I've, in the past month and a half, I've lost five, like, what did we say? 27 and seven or something like that. Yeah. I've been on a heater. I've been on an absolute heater. Yeah. And I, dude, I hope you put yourself in contention to win this thing. That'd be fun. But, um, dude, that'd be crazy. It's going to be hard to cover six games over the next, um, three weekends. Yeah. Uh, let's end the show here on this. Uh, we got some exciting news coming up. Um, we're, we're going to release, top 100 draft prospects do a first round MLB mock draft coming up. Dimitri has been grinding on that, adding it to the website. So we'll let you know whenever we drop it. Um, I've been having a lot of fun doing the, the, the data and the research kind of ranking players and stuff. And uh, so we have that coming up. We're going to do a conference tournament pick them challenge. challenge. Yep. That'll be a lot of fun where we're going to have all 30 conferences that oh well, I guess not all thirty do conference tournaments, but I, we haven't talked about that yet. We I I think all every conference tournament is a little overload, like insane too much. So we'll play with it if we can get all thirty two in there, we'll do it. But we might yeah. just have to feature like the top sixteen, <laughs> right? Yeah, we'll we'll work all that out. But that that should be coming here, I guess, in three or four weeks. And then um, other than that, I mean, you guys check out our website. We got a really good shop, really good store. Uh, with some 11.7 gear that you, that you should buy. I mean, regionals are coming up. Conference tournaments are coming up. Um, we're both rocking the hats right now. They're good-looking hats, good trucker hats. 11.7 right there on the front. Hey, should, um, you like, should you, like, take a picture of us both rocking these hats? No, no, no. We don't want to scare the people away. <laughs> but uh, and we also have just, like, team-specific gear out there. Um, we have some unique designs, throwback designs, retro designs. So if you haven't looked at just 11.7.com backslash shop, or you can just go to the main web, web page and there's a shop thing there. Um, that really helps us out as far as like funding goes for exciting things we got planned. Uh, and other than that, I mean, we're going to, we're just going to keep grinding away. If you guys need anything, let us know, um, check out our Patreon page as well. And uh, yeah, I and mean, that's all I got. Yep. Hey, I think you guys are going to love the uh, 
the draft board prospect ranking that I'm going to be releasing soon. The um, the page and the rankings and everything can be super sick. Uh, very easy to look at. Very easy to find. Lots of info on guys. Um, ben, these are Ben ranking. Um, it's going to be his write-ups, his bio. This is his project. I let him have full range on it. I just designed the website. So I'm looking forward to reading all his bios as well. I think it's going to be super fun to go through. So I hope you guys enjoy that. Stay tuned for that. Um, I will be designing, we will be designing um, some new merch, some shirts, some postseason vibes, some stuff like that that'll be going up on our website in the next couple of weeks. Postseason bracket and conference tournament challenges will be coming up too. So we got a lot of stuff for you guys. Stay tuned. All righty, cool. Well, uh, you guys enjoy the weekend, and we'll be back Sunday night to recap the weekend and uh, take some Patreon questions. So y'all enjoy it. We won a national championship for, for Ole Miss and um, all the past players and all the fans across the country and for the state of Mississippi and the University of Mississippi. Uh, we did it. Uh, we're national champs. Breaking ball. Oh, my goodness. Deep right field. A grand slam. Base hit. Arkansas is headed back to Omaha. And here's Tommy White. First pitch swinging. In the air to center. D'Onofrio back and it's gone! The legend continues! Got him swinging! The Campbell Campbells, the dynasty of the Big South. And now Tony Vitello bumps the third base umpire. Set. He'll throw that as a line drive in the gap. Did he do it again? It is another ball in the gap for Morrell. Another extra. Oh, that is gone. A home run for Brian Morrell. Swing and a ball driven. Way back. And foul. No, gone. He did it. Ortiz kept it just there and walks it off with a grand slam. Hispanic Titanic with a blast again.